everyone I meet is my superior in some way and that I learn from them. That's one of the mottos that we have here at Two Roads Leadership. We talk about it a lot. Hopefully we're communicating it, but it's just so true. If you open your heart, open your mind, you're going to literally learn from everyone you meet. You're listening to the Building a Coaching Culture podcast. If you need to compete and win in the 21st century labor market as an employer of choice, this podcast is for you. Each week, we share leadership development, coaching, and culture development insights from leading experts who are developing world-class cultures in their own organizations. And now, here's your host, J.R. Flatter. Welcome back, everybody. It's J.R. Flatter here with my co-hosts, Rosalie and Lucas. In this session, we're talking about humility in our house of leadership that we're building together. Uh, We talked about courage, the four pillars of principle, technical, cognitive, and emotional, work, family, self, and last session, vision. So as always, we're strongly, strongly recommending as you build your house leadership, visit your journal every day uh, while you're going through this exercise. Talk to the significant others in your lives. Make sure you're on the same page, you're headed in the same direction, and you're going to arrive there together, fulfilled, happy, looking forward to the future. Find and talk to other leaders. So last time we were together, we were talking about vision. So talk to a leader that you considered especially visionary and ask them, how do you do that? These stay principled. How did you decide where you wanted to be in the TC&E, that work family self that always seems to be so elusive? And then vision. How did you craft that long-term vision and then some closer goals and objectives and key results to support that vision? So this time uh, we're going to talk about humility and what it means to our leadership and what it means to be a humble leader. And if you're a coach, how do you coach with humility? And the leader that you're working with, how do you coach them to become more humble if they consider that to be part of their leadership challenge? So as always, we start with a poem or a quote. And this one I really, really love. It's from Ralph Waldo Emerson. I think it really encompasses this idea of humility where Emerson was talking about, in my walks, everyone I meet is my superior in some way and that I learn from them. That's one of the mottos that we have here at Two Roads Leadership. We talk about it a lot. Hopefully we're communicating it, but it's just so true. If you open your heart, open your mind, you're going to literally learn from everyone you meet. So courageous leaders, which is who we are, you are, learn from everyone. We just talked about opening your heart, opening your mind to everyone they meet. We talk about this a lot in intergenerational programs that we run. But I truly believe that for generations to meet each other halfway or just start to understand each other, it's about breaking down those barriers and not only opening your ears, but like we say, opening your heart too. There'll be so much more growth, not only for those two individuals, but for the team as well. If there's that trust and safety in the room and that the individual feels like they're being heard by the other people. So I I think that Having that growth mindset is a really great way to lead across generations and courageously. Yeah, it's kind of one of those ones that you wouldn't think of immediately. 
you think about like a leader that you know is really good at stuff and like not necessarily humble and vulnerable but it's a way to alienate people if you don't admit you know when you make mistakes and things like that yeah like admitting you're an idiot for not sharing your screen right (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we, we get into these enabling characteristics and they become a little more arguable if that's even a word there's some provocativeness built into them and a lot of people look at this humility characteristic and say i know leaders who aren't humble so how could it be relevant so a lot of what we talk about in this house of leadership are the ideals so in our minds the ideal leader is humble so if you're not humble in a role of leadership you might be doing something other than leading but you're not certainly optimizing your leadership without humility, in our humble opinion. What does it mean to be humble? It's one of those characteristics that is inside, and you can't really communicate in words or in voice that you're humble, because if you say, I'm humble, out loud to somebody, or write it down in a policy or a letter, you know, it rings hollow. So humility is one of those characteristics that can only be demonstrated. Are you demonstrating humility to yourself, to your teams, to your organizations? Part of that is recognizing the value of every member of your team. We organize for a reason. We organize because we can get more done together. And in those organizations, you know, the traditional pyramidal org chart, somebody at the top, there are layers of it. But every one of those boxes, wherever it is in that hierarchy, is critical to success. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. So regardless of which tier you're on or which position you're holding, a humble leader will recognize, appreciate, celebrate every member of that team. So here's some of those ways that you can demonstrate it. And and this is certainly much longer than this. And and Lucas, really would love to hear your thoughts. A lot of what we talk about in leadership is a willingness and ability. So you have this willingness and ability to lead, but do you have the willingness and ability to lead and demonstrate the characteristics of humility, which for us, empathy, could you put yourself in someone else's shoes and truly understand where they're coming from? Really, really important for me, and I violate this at times, being calm. When the world's falling apart, a humble leader needs to keep it all together and continue to act with calmness because you're going to calm the people on your team and acting with grace. uh, There might be a better way to say this or another word, uh, but how are you treating people? Are you treating them as peer to peer members of your team? What's a characteristic of humility that rings for you when you look at someone and say, this person's truly a humble person. I guess they kind of put the team or the organization's accomplishments above their own individual accomplishments. No, that's great. Say we a lot rather than I, perhaps. To me, it's someone that, I know it sounds so simple and cliche, but compassion, just having compassion for the other people on your team. And I think that that falls into these characteristics here, realizing that everyone's trying to get the work done and that I always try to put myself in other people's shoes a lot. And I think that's a great practice to do, to think about what's going on outside of yourself for those individuals. So I don't know, I think of those things when I'm thinking about the characteristics of humility. I agree with you completely in that 
compassion comes from a place of empathy. So you understand and then you act to that empathy. So if somebody's having a challenge at home, a sick child, whatever it might be that you've put yourself in their shoes. And then the compassion is the and then. And then you give them some time off, give them some freedom, support them any way you can. Willing to be second best. This is really a challenge for a lot of people. So you come up through the ranks and you become a technical expert at something. You're the best probably in your organization at that thing. But if you want to grow in your leadership into this cognitive space and emotional intelligence space, neither right nor wrong, just a decision that you can make as you build your house, you're necessarily going to have to wander away from being the best at that one thing and perhaps become the best at being an executive leader or a supervisor and allow and purposely hire onto your team people who are better than you at a lot of other things. The strength finders uh, from Gallup that Brittany loves, those strengths that you have, you may be the best at. There are a lot of things that you're not strong in. Are you willing to bring people on your team to be more so that you are, in fact, second best? And I have a, a story in a minute, I think, that really exemplifies that. This kind of goes to what I was saying before with the compassion piece and thinking outside of yourself, realizing that there's more to the story than your own. But it's just being purposeful about the people you surround yourself with as well. I think if everybody thought the same way, the world would be really boring. So it's really cool that everyone has their own unique things that they bring to the table. And so I'd rather surround myself with people who don't think like me so that you can get that bigger perspective in order to have a more efficient, diverse team. And this point is a little bit contentious. But for me, I differentiate leadership from tyranny. And in my world, the two are mutually exclusive. If you're familiar with Venn diagrams, the two circles can never touch. Because the moment you become a tyrant, you've abandoned leadership. You can't exist in the same place. And for me, humility is part of that line in the sand. If it's, as Lucas said earlier, you're doing it for self rather than the team, then you might be wandering away from humility and wandering away from leadership. A lot of the examples that we could think of and I don't give names to them because I don't want to give them a platform. But you can probably imagine in history, tyrannical leaders who are certainly not humble. For active listening, I mean, we talk about it a lot in coaching. And I think the art of coaching is also a very humble practice, too. It is completely the leader's world. And you are the point of it is to coach them. Like they are the focus. You're putting them before yourself in a way. And so, Acting and active listening is a really beneficial way. Like I was mentioning before, with learning across generations, you'll learn so much. And I always like this quote. I think John Murphy was the first one who said it to me, but you have one mouth and two ears for a reason. Mm -hmm. And that's always stuck with me since I heard it. So, Lucas, you're a certified coach and certainly listening's huge. What do you think's changed the most for you as a coach and a leader in your listening skills? I mean, everybody kind of has this tendency to, you want to get ready for what you're going to say next. And you can kind of, you know, lose yourself in that instead of listening to what the other person's saying. So that's been something that's, you know, like really deliberately trying to stop that and get yourself into the room and just listen and not prepare for what you're going to say. Yeah. I think that's huge. 
it's Covey, I think, that says, listen to understand, not to respond. Finally, for us, the bottom line value of this humility characteristic is recognizing the value of yourself, surrounding yourself with competent and capable people, allowing yourself to be second best. This is where we're really getting to those emotional intelligence characteristics as well. Leading your team to higher levels than you could ever imagine uh, without humility. And I'll tell a quick story before we jump into the developmental assignments. They're always the same, so you, you might note, recognize them by now. But for me, President Truman exemplified humble leadership. If you know his story, he was often called the accidental president because he was only the vice president for 80 plus days before President Roosevelt passed away and he was thrust into the Oval Office as the president. In the middle of a world war, he hadn't been read into a lot of projects and programs to include the atomic bomb. But he recognized you know, the, the largeness of this role and surrounded himself with the best people he could get to come on his team. And one of those people was George Marshall. General George Marshall was a national hero. He led the Marshall Plan, rebuilding Europe after the war, where he gained fame. He was the Truman Secretary of State. And a reporter asked President Truman one day, why would you bring George Marshall onto your team when he's more capable of being the president than you are? And Harry Truman said, you're absolutely right. He is, but I am the president and I'll surround myself with the best team that I can get. Kind of exemplifies for me what we're talking about here. So development, the same as always in, in the other sessions, journal, journal for the next seven days on humility, just streams of consciousness of what comes to your mind. Nobody's going to read it. We're not worried about spelling or grammar. Just get your thoughts out on a page and it's not only sharpen your thoughts, but you'll be able to look back days, weeks, years from now. As always, continue your dialogue with your significant others as you have your four pillars in place, and now you're adding these enabling characteristics. Does it change any of the pillars for you? Does it change your vision or your Does it uh, help you clarify your principles? Humility might very well be one of your principles. Find a leader that you consider especially humble, successful and humble, not tyrannical, in a leadership role and ask them about humility. Where does it fit into their life? And then finally have the conversation with your coach when you get together with them for your next session. All right, everybody, we'll see you on the next session. Thanks for being with us. Well, that concludes this episode of Building a Coaching Culture. I truly hope that this episode was helpful to you. If it was, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Maybe stop and give us a rating or a review share this podcast with someone who might find it helpful as well. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.